Welcome to episode eight of the Pregactive Podcast, where we talk about optimizing baby position and things that you can do in your pregnancy to help. I'm Karen, with the founder of Pregactive, and through this Pregactive Podcast, I'm going to help you feel empowered, informed, and confident through your pregnancy and motherhood journey as we talk all things health, mind, and fitness. So mother's positioning and movement can actually have an effect on the way that the baby lays in the womb in the final stages. Now, to talk a whole lot more about this topic, we have Dr. James Evans with us here today. And before we begin to get right right into everything, we're going to just hear a little bit about um, James and, and you know where, where it all started and, and why you love doing what you do. Thank you, Karen, for having me on today. It's very nice. Uh, yeah, how did a male end up working with pregnant women is a really great question. And I always feel like a little bit of a fraud for some reason because I'm like, I've never had a baby, you know. <laughs> but what happened was my wife and I met in chiropractic college. We both realized that we love working with pregnancy. We both love working with kids. And so as our degrees went further and further, every piece of training that we ended up in in within the chiropractic profession and outside of the chiropractic profession created this sort of, I don't know, just love for pregnancy. And then when we got into practice a few years ago now, um, for some reason we were just more and more attracted to the issues that pregnant women were experiencing every single day. And it re- what we realized was that there really wasn't that many people here in Australia that were specializing and focusing their attentions into the the holistic nature of pregnancy. And that meant adjustments, that meant exercises, that meant soft tissue work. Now, while there's a lot of practitioners from other fields that do each do their piece, we decided that we really wanted to create a center for it, which is why this place exists now. Yeah. Amazing. And you're so, so good at what you do and you're so passionate about what you do, which is what, you know, attracted me to to really want to get you on board um, in this podcast. Now, let's talk about baby positioning, because I think that there's so much focus on the birth and the birth being, you know, this one big day or, or, or however long it is, but preparing the body yeah. to to I guess be in optimal position both for birth, the mother and the baby yeah. so let's yeah. talk a bit about I guess the different different positions that a baby potentially could be in okay um look I think in everyone's head when they're thinking about their birth and what's coming forward is this idea of like I want to be prepared and they have this perspective of I want to get to this certain point in preparation but I have no idea what that is. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to take in all of this advice from the people around them. And they're trying to say, oh yeah, you know, you you should realize that your body's about to go through what a marathon runner would go through. And so you want to be prepared for that, you know, and it freaks people out to the point where they're like, oh, I really better get in shape. And that's not necessarily a bad thing getting in shape, but what we find is that it's a really nice idea to be a little bit more broader in all of the things that you're doing and understanding because it's not just about your fitness levels. It's not just about how um, how great your mind is and how great you can step into a place of ease or who's got the best obstetrician does not necessarily mean you're going to have the best birth. And so for us, when it comes to baby positioning, this is the idea that so much focus on preparation is about how dilated someone is in that labor process. Like how open is that door in the hallway and can baby walk through that door easily or 
is there something maybe in the hallway which is leading up to that door that's preventing baby from coming down okay now for us baby positioning is a really important thing so some of the different positions can include baby being on the left side or baby being on the right side and what we mean by that is that the spine is hanging out on the left okay or the spine is hanging out on the right now most of the time babies are going to be head down when they're not head down and they're head up underneath the ribs we call this a breech position there are many different types of breech position but ultimately that's what breech means is that baby ain't head down okay we also have transverse which literally means bubs is sort of sleeping head off to the left and feet off to the right okay or vice versa so yeah baby positioning does actually influence the way baby comes down through the pelvis ideally what we're looking to see is we're looking to see what is referred to as an loa position which means left occiput anterior and sometimes you hear all these abbreviations and in birth world oh my gosh there's so many abbreviations that you're like wait i need to google this just stop for a moment and people are talking to you and you're like okay what what is loa what is roa what is transverse what are all these different things so loa is that the occiput as in the back part of the baby's head is facing forward on the left hand side of mother okay so occiput back of the head is on the left facing side of mum. okay it's weird because they use baby and mom as anatomical sort of positions but the reason why this is really important is because of the shape of the uterus when they look at the uterus which is holding baby on the inside what they see is that there is a greater curve on the left hand side which allows baby to be tucked in a little bit more with its head tucked down and the sort of the back or the top part of the head presenting down through the pelvis okay this is much better than the right-hand side because when baby's on the right-hand side, what's happening with the uterus is because over on this right-hand side of the body, we have the liver. And the liver is actually creating a little bit more of a steeper angle, so less curve to the uterus, which then encourages baby to be a little bit straighter in its spine. And then it actually untucks the head. And they call this the deflexed position. So baby doesn't have its head flexed, but it has its more in a neutral position, kind of like if you were just sitting up looking straight forward, that head is in a neutral position we call that deflexed and that means a much broader part of the head is going to be presenting down into the pelvis and that ain't as easy for baby to take its cardinal movements which is the rotational patterns down and out through the pelvis wow that was a pretty good explanation amazing and that's exactly <laughs> why we're talking about this because these small little things these differences between the amount you know of the baby's the top of the head is so important and it's going to affect it will it can potentially affect the you know yeah. the, the labor the 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 whole experience of it so in terms of then uh being you know left left side is what we're wanting from what week in pregnancy should women really be focusing on this? Because often, you know, babies move all the time, yeah. but they get to a point where it's really important. Yeah, and I think the way the medical system kind of works is that at around 28 weeks, you know, a lot of mums are getting scans for whatever reason and the midwife or the sonographer will be like, oh, baby's on this side at the moment, but you don't need to worry about that because you have all the time in the world for baby to turn. And then what happens is, for whatever reason, the midwife's checking them around 35, 36 weeks, and all of a sudden they're like, actually, your, your baby's not necessarily in the right place right now. Maybe we should look at doing some things. And if baby's breached, we'll book you for an ECV, which is an external cephalic version, okay? Which means that literally an obstetrician is going to be putting the hands on the baby and trying to turn baby to go head down. Now, it's a little 
bit more difficult as you reach that 35, 36, 37 weeks to start thinking about positioning, which is why we really encourage people to be thinking about positioning and where is baby in your uterus more around the 30 week kind of time. So that sort of means, you know, that 27 to 31, 32 weeks depends on baby size, depends on how much space there is. A lot of the time when we talk about this, we talk about um, the baby's position and we put the onus on the baby as though the baby is in control of where it's going to be. And the reality is the baby will respond to the space available. Okay. So that's kind of where we come in because our job is to say, wait a minute, what structures in this pelvis or in this uterus have tension and that need to be released? If there is tension in the uterus or if there is um, tightness that's running through either the round ligaments or the uterosacral ligaments, how do we actually change that tension around? Um, I didn't mention it earlier, but for my wife and I, when we realized that there weren't a lot of people really focusing in on this work in Australia, um, we went over to the States and we started with Spinning Babies. Okay, so Spinning Babies is this incredible website, spinningbabies.com, check it out, um, which really focuses on maternal positioning, pelvic alignment and balance. And the, the reason behind this is because the greater balance there is in the pelvis, then we know that it's going to be a little bit easier for bubs to not have to fight against tensions to come on down through the pelvis. And so they've developed an incredible amount of different exercises and stretches and things to do during labor to get baby down through the pelvis, which is wild when you think about it, that the fact that the entire medical profession don't have that already. And when we go and talk to midwives in the hospitals, it's quite funny at the end, they go, yeah, no, we don't get taught any of this. And I'm like, you're joking. You're absolutely joking that a male chiropractor is teaching midwives in our local hospital about the positioning and things to do during labor to get baby down through the pelvis blows my mind crazy so crazy but that's really a really good point and i think that there'd be a lot of women pregnant women listening to this are going you know okay well i'm heading towards the end of my second trimester this is the time to start thinking about it and we're going to talk over you know different positions and things but also treatments so Mm. getting you know going and seeing a specialist is really important at that time particularly i know a lot of women go oh i'm i'm going to start my maternity leave at 35 you know 34 35 36 weeks that's when i'll do all my massages and all my stuff and i'll pamper myself but it's not necessarily a pampering that it's after it's about optimizing your body and getting your body prepped and ready for birth and there is that window of opportunity Mm -hmm. as you said between probably you know 27 weeks through to 31 32 Mm -hmm. weeks that really that's a good time to if you haven't already, go see somebody and yep. just to check in. Even if you think that baby's head's down, everything's mm. good, they could flip at any time and, um, you know, making sure that you, you optimise your body. So what would be, obviously there's treatments, but what are mm. some techniques women can use to help their babies optimise the position? Okay. So let me first say that probably around 20 weeks is a much better time to get checked initially by whatever care provider you want to see. The time to think about positioning a little bit later on, right? But in terms of making sure your body's in a great place, I'd be starting way earlier. Okay, think about it. I know you're probably on board with that as well. Definitely. Treatment-wise, yeah, there's so many different treatments out there. And I'm not actually someone who is opposed to different treatments. If they are out there and they exist then they probably exist because they get results. 
So I'm not a skeptic when it comes to all of the different things that are available to women that are out there. And so, yes, I'm a chiropractor and yes, I love what I do, but I love when people are working with different practitioners because we get to see different changes in their body as well. In terms of exercises and techniques that mums can be focusing in on, look, the first start is, is starting to really get to know those exercises that are featured on the spinning babies, okay? Um, these are additional exercises to what you would do in, you know, typical exercise classes because they're a little bit more unique and they might involve a partner. Um, and in fact, most of them are really good to have a partner there. And it's a really great way to connect with your partner doing some of these things in preparation for birth. Some of those other techniques that we're talking about include the forward leaning inversion. Okay. So the forward leaning inversion is when mom is literally taking her uterus and dangling it upside down by hanging off the front of a couch or the front of a bed or finding something which she can put her knees up on and then lower herself down so that her elbows are on the ground. So we're literally thinking downward dog, but your knees are up a little bit higher and your back is a little bit straight or inverted. Now, the whole idea behind this is that it's originally it was created for when babies are breached that mums would do this so that it would create more space in the lower aspect of the pelvis, more stretching of the lower uterus, so the broad ligament, the round ligament, the uterosacral ligaments, and so that these ligaments would create more space so that baby had the chance to go head down. What they're finding now is that this exercise is probably a really great idea for every single pregnant woman, irrelevant of where baby's position is. If you have greater relaxation through the lower part of your uterus, then it's going to be much easier for a baby to make its way down and out through the uterus when the time comes. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. The other one that actually spinning babies raves about a lot is the side lying release. And that involves lying on your side, having one leg come up and over to the side and letting the weight of the leg stretch and balance out each of the, the glutes on either side. Okay. This is the one that they use a lot during labor. So if baby is struggling to transition or move down through the pelvis, then they're going to use this to open up the back of the pelvis to allow more movement in the sacrum and the bony structures, but also the soft tissue throughout the uterus and the pelvis, which is pretty amazing that they're using it, you know, during contractions in the hospitals now. It's really cool. Mainly in America, Australia, we're catching up slowly, but a lot of this is very prominent in America, which is great. It's amazing what, what can be done and particularly if you've got a support person that has these skills. So as a pregnant woman, knowing these skills and making sure not only it's just you that knows them, but that your support, your birth team is yeah. aware of these and that you've practiced them. There's yeah. no point trying to Google it and look at it when you're in labor and trying to practice it then. Yeah, the rule is that anything that you plan on doing during labor you have practiced beforehand you have practiced the tens machine you've practiced these exercises you've you know practiced letting your husband give you lots of massages or your partner giving you lots of massages before the labor as well yeah that's our big rule um and so the spinning babies is really great for offering different options for mums i think you know full disclosure you came to one of our classes that we ran and that was on um you know, things to do and not do during pregnancy. And it was also about these exercises. And so going to see these demonstrated is a really good idea. But if you can't do that, then yeah, getting on YouTube and finding out what these are and what they actually look like is a really great idea. But sometimes a little coaching can go a long way to make it more effective. Yeah. Mm. And in terms of, so we've spoken now about, okay, optimal positions, we talked about when, you know, when in the, in the pregnancy, we really, really need to make sure that we're focusing on these and then some tips and some skills that you can use. But 
a lot of times it's also about what not to do so in terms of slouching in the couch and you know the way that we constantly sit because our society now we sit so much that i often get women who come to you know our productive classes and they're basically the only thing that they're doing apart from sitting is our class and it's like Mm. wow no you need to to move but also when you are sitting what can you do to, to help sit, I guess, better. Sure. So let's go over our general principles for sitting. Um, first off, there is no one position that if you were to be in that position for a really long time is going to be great for you. You need to have three or four different positions that you can go to. So that might be sitting on a big ball. That might be sitting on an inflatable disc. That might be standing. That might be having your chair tilted forward, ideally. Um, but the general principle is this, that if you are I just, you know, I'm just going through it myself sitting in the right way right now. But if you are going to be sitting on a chair, our goal is to have your knees lower than your hips with your feet nicely firmly planted on the ground, but slightly underneath your pelvis a little bit more. Now, if you're listening and you have the capacity to do this, although most people in podcasts, it's always in the car. Have you noticed that? Like that's our podcast. Time. <laughs> if you're, um, if it's you're in the really car right difficult. now, make sure yeah, you're the, focusing on your driving. Yeah, please do not do this. Um, but ideally, when you are seated at work and if you're spending a lot of the day seated, then what we want to do is we want to drop our knees lower than our hips. Okay. So when we drop the knees lower than the hips, what you'll find is your pelvis rolls forward. It really opens up the space in the front of your pelvis for baby to sit a little bit more forward, which is great. And it also encourages your low back to engage. Now, as you encourage that low back to engage, your chest naturally grounds over your lower spine as well. In doing this, your head comes a little bit more neutral as well. Okay, so, you know, this is a recommendation for pregnancy, but really it's for anyone when they're sitting. At the end of the day, when you're like, all right, I'm getting really exhausted now. I just want to chill out on the couch. I've done all my great sitting. So now I'm just going to lean back on my recliner or that L part of the shape of the couch. You know, everyone's got that now. Um, and keep the feet up. And what happens is you go from sitting on your sit bones to sitting on your sacrum. You sort of roll back off of your sit bones onto the sacrum. And now what we're doing is we're changing and we're stretching the shape of your pelvis. So a lot of these ligaments that were holding you great all day are now just going to get stretched out into a really negative position. And so the idea is still when you are relaxing at the end of the day, really try and find a nice neutral spine, support yourself with lots of pillows behind you and actually stay seated on the ground. I was looking up images online the other day for something I can't remember, but there was an image of a pregnant woman sitting on the ground in front of the couch with her legs crossed. And I was like, that's brilliant. That's that's exactly the relaxed position that mum should be going for. Now, sitting on the ground doesn't... Yeah, (laughs) I, I think it's such a great idea because... If you can be seated on the ground and legs crossed in front of you is okay as long as you're switching that around a little bit. But ultimately, you know, she was nice and wide seated and like her pelvis had lots of space, baby had lots of space in front and they, and she wasn't rocked back in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And she could lean back on the couch as well, which is really great. I was like, oh, that is good. But let me cover like three of the other big major ones where position is a bit of an issue. One of the big recommendations is lying on your left side, you know, the reason that we say lie on your left side of the night is because we don't want to compress one of the major veins coming back up from the legs. Now, does lying on one side always seem like the smartest thing to do in terms of balance of the pelvis? Yeah, not so much, right? But it's a really good reason to try and lie on the left when, when you can. If you need to switch over to the right every now and then, that's okay. But pay attention to your body and if you're comfortable in this position. If you're not comfortable, then switch back to the left. 
there's so many mums who come on in and they're just like, oh my gosh, I just wish I could lie on my stomach again. There are so many stomach sleepers out there. Anyway, so when you're lying on your left side, the, the recommendation is put a pillow between your knees. Now, if we put a pillow just between our knees, we're going to change the shape of our pelvis again. So what we need to do is we need to have a pillow that goes between the knees as well as the feet. Okay, so run it all the way down the lower part of your legs and then your pelvis will stay a lot a lot better balanced um and then the other one is like try and hug a pillow if you can because you don't want your shoulders rolling forward a lot of mums end up with thoracic outlet syndrome commonly in the form of carpal tunnel issues okay so it's a really great idea to keep your chest as open as possible when you're sleeping as well or grab a partner to cuddle you know if you can just just <laughs> push them into the right place yeah it's a hot pregnant woman yeah exactly radiating all the heat definitely and you know i'm doing this myself now with the 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 second pillow you know you always have a second pillow and i just grab that because it's long enough because if you if you have a short little like square pillow and you just chuck it between your knees then as you said your ankles are touching or it's you know you're in that imbalance i find it so much more comfortable when i have that full pillow between my knees and my ankles and just the whole alignment and you know couldn't agree more yeah Exactly. That's what I do. (laughs) You're just enjoying all the things that pregnant women should do. Yep. So in terms of then during labour, the the baby's positioning. Now, you mentioned it briefly before about that the door being open and, you know, dilation and, you know, 10 centimetres is what we want and then then everything is good to go. But if you, you talk a little bit about, like what's more important? Yeah, let's let's cover that. Okay, so there's a huge focus on dilation, right? And the spinning babies, people who we went and trained with, their really big push is to get ducks, midwives really away from this idea of dilation and focus more on station. And station is the idea is where is baby in the pelvis, okay? Let's say baby hasn't even dropped into the inlet, right? Then we need to be opening up the inlet of the pelvis so that there is greater space for baby to drop down into that region. Now, very often there's this thing that's referred to as dystocia, which is baby getting stuck somewhere along the way. Now, dystocia is the cause for so many C-sections out there because baby is coming down through the pelvis. Let's say mum's lying on her back and the duck says, all right, well, you've got an hour to do anything. Otherwise, you know, if if things don't happen in an hour, then maybe we're going to have to amp up the drugs or we're going to have to move to something else, right? And that something else invariably is cesareans. Now, ideally, yes, we're looking to see a decrease in cesareans. You know, we know that they happen. They're incredibly life-saving. They're incredibly important. And and we're not poo-pooing on C-sections, but wouldn't it be nice if we could change the environment a little bit to encourage people to have more natural births by understanding where baby is in the pelvis. And if baby is at that particular position in the pelvis, there are certain exercises that you could do that would encourage the pelvis to open either at the inlet, the outlet, or maybe even at the spine, so midway through, that would encourage baby to drop down. Now, when I went and talked to the midwives about this, they're like, yeah, we don't get taught those hand-on exercises anymore. They, they do so much note-taking now as part of their job that a lot of time they don't have this hands-on capacity, which is great for doulas. Doulas are your like go-to when it comes to this kind of work during labour. And so we're big fans of working with doulas if you have that capacity to do so. If you don't have that capacity to do so, you get to educate yourself. You get to go ahead and like jump online, see what all of these different exercises are that you could do at different stages and say, all right, well, maybe I'll try this. 
I know Spinning Babies have um, facilitators that are referred to as parent educators and you can find parent educators. I'm not one, so I'm not spruiking myself in any way, but there are parent educators out there that will actually show you different things that you can do during labor. We have a cheat sheet that we give out to our clients. And so we say, hey, here's this cheat sheet, take it with you. And we have one client, she's fourth pregnancy. She stalled out for seven hours, bubs wasn't coming down. Her midwife was shit scared of her because she'd had, she'd had four births already and no, three births already. And this was her fourth. And so she was a little bit like, she, she said, that the midwife was intimidated by her. But as soon as she pulled out the cheese sheet and she said, hey, can we try any of these things? The midwife felt empowered right away to be like, yeah, if you're giving me permission to do these stretches and exercises, then let's do it. And then an hour later, baby was born. And so it was this beautiful story of like, this is how powerful it is to know that lying on your back is probably not going to encourage baby to come down through your pelvis. i got to tell a quick story. Uh, I think three, four weeks ago now, one of our clients um, started having contractions in the morning. And so she thought, oh, it wasn't that big a deal. You know, things weren't really taken off very quickly. And then around 11 o'clock, she's like, oh, actually things are progressing here. So she calls up her parents to have them come look after the older child. And as she's walking out the door, she runs into her parents and her mom says, are you going to make it to the hospital? And she goes, I don't know. And so she turns around, goes back inside. They call the ambulance and the operator on the other side is talking to the husband and says, Hey, Adam, here's what I need you to do. I need you to get her lying on her back in her bed. So Adam says to Carol, she goes, hey, Carol, can you can you lie on your back? They want you in bed. And she's like, no, no, no that'd be way too uncomfortable. I can't do that. And they're like, well, so, so Adam says, hey, why do we need her lying on her back? And the operator says, well, we need to slow the birth down. The operator is clued in. It's like, oh, we've got to slow this birth down so the paramedics can get there in time before the baby actually comes. And the mom's like, no, nah, it's too uncomfortable. She ended up delivering in the hallway and, you know, Adam ended up catching bubs, which is great. Um, but how interesting, right? And I'm not saying that like, there are so many babies born with mums lying on their back. It's not like it's not going to happen. It's the question is, is that, is it possible that there's an easier way? Is it possible that there's another position or different positions that could encourage baby to come out with a little bit more ease and potentially prevent a few more C-sections? Like it's a very simple question and it's not, you know, saying people have been doing it wrong because that is needed sometimes when you're all strapped up, we've got epidurals and all that. But I don't know, it's just just an idea, just throwing it out there. So good. So in, in terms of today, thank you so much. Just let's just wrap it up with, I guess, one final thing. And what would be some tips you would give women, especially those in their third trimester or heading into that third trimester, about the importance of prioritizing their self-care routine? Because there's so much going on, right? Like there's so much, you get overwhelmed with all this information. You've got to feel like your nursery's all set up. You've got to make sure you've got the right pram. You've got to have all of Mm. these things that are external to your body and your baby that so many women focus on and then they leave it to be, okay, well but between 38 weeks and 40 weeks I'll just relax then and the likelihood of you know you having your baby could be earlier than that or it it might be too late to to do some of the things by then so putting in just a little bit of self-care okay so I'll keep it real simple for those who are doing nothing here is your self-care walk all right you need to start walking and start walking early you know, I think a movement practice of some kind is, is ideal. And it's not about lifting the most weights, trying to get the Arnold Schwarzenegger pelvic floor muscles that is like this perception sometimes of like, I've got to have really great pelvic floor muscles. 
do you want your pelvic floor to right be... needs to be activated but also relax exactly yeah exactly yep. do you want your pelvic floor to be so tight that it can't relax or do you want that pelvic floor to be nice and relaxed and so what happens is a lot of time the movement practice turns out to be more of a mental space practice and so we see a lot of mums right towards the end there that are really focusing on doing lots and lots and lots and lots when really they could probably find space for just themselves by going for a walk and you know it's a meditate but who has the capacity to understand how to meditate properly like it's such a turn off sometimes if nobody's ever meditated you know what's meditating is like you know, i find crocheting really meditating okay because you're just singularly focused on one thing which is kind of an altered state of mind walking can also do that um so my self-care recommendations yeah hot baths you're lovely um and then going for a walk but and then the big one when like when when you feel like things are getting really closer just make a rule that the tv stays off after dinner create space every night to just connect with your partner or your kids or yourself okay like it also really helps the brain to calm down and get in the right headspace yeah amazing thank you so much james not a problem loved it what an incredible interview with Dr. James Evan. So much knowledge about optimizing baby positioning and things that you can do in your pregnancy to help you. Thanks for listening to the Pregactive Podcast. We love hearing from you. So leave us a comment or request a future podcast when you head over to the show notes at pregactive.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend because the more the merrier. Until next time.